everyone dreams of living an uncommon life. And the best asset you have to achieve your dreams is you. Welcome to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living uncommonly. We're also going to give you some tools and strategies for building wealth and for pursuing an uncommon path that is uniquely right for you. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Wealth Podcast where I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Aaron Kramer. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're super excited. We've been going on this series, I would say, just about like your mindset with money. And super grateful to be able to be working in this industry for over, man, it's almost over 12 years, but let's just say over 10 years and kind of getting our own philosophy after having that experience in 10 years. That's something that, you know, when I first got into the industry, they're like, hey, get gray hair and then you can manage my money. Yeah. Well, I got gray hair and uh, we're still managing people's money. But there <laughs> is some kind of experience that happens that you just start understanding the way people think the way that the overarching uh, population thinks about money. And so this is kind of our feeble attempt in to try to figure out and try to communicate what we've seen in the past. This is the second series. We've been kind of going on this thing for a while. And I think we're going to do it for a couple times more. So we have three topics that we're going to talk about today. Um, yeah. And then we're going to, and then we're just going to close it up. But hopefully this gives you an understanding of one, how you think about money, or maybe just understanding how we think about money. So Aaron, how are you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm excited for this. That was a great intro to this. Good job on that. <laughs> uh, well, I like our first our first one we're going to go over. Yeah. Let's, let's, so let's give them all the topics, and then yeah. we'll kind of dissect each one of them. So uh, first topic we're going to go through, the importance of like compounding. Mm, yeah, the seventh uh, wonder of the world. Or what is it? The eighth yeah. wonder of the world. Compounding. Yeah. And then getting wealthy versus staying wealthy. Okay. So like getting or accumulating is different yeah. than actually having the money and then trying to keep it going after you're yeah. wealthy. Okay. That's the second topic. Third topic is, you know, just tell like, you know, you flip a coin, which side makes you a winner? Okay. Tell so like win. the odds of the odds of making money or, or keeping yeah. money or making wealth. Is that kind of the third? More like, you know, like big ideas. Okay. Big ideas, big ideas and money, especially with the uncommon wealth um, brand. We have a lot of people who come and it's like, Hey, I got a really good idea. Um, sometimes those ideas are great. Sometimes they're not. Um, and so kind of working through that. One thing that we will say early on is we're financial advisors. Uh, we love to put emphasis on a financial plan. That financial plan has to be around your core values, the way that you're wired, the way you get excited. And so I don't have an elevator uh, pitch. I just don't. I don't love them. I hate when people have a canned response. But when somebody asks me, like, what do I do? Usually, it depends on what mood I'm in, right? But I, I have been saying, like, I help people get excited about their money again. And like, huh, that's interesting. Like, because I feel like that's what we do at Uncommon Wealth Partners. And so here we go. The first topic yeah. is the compounding effect. And something that I think Tony Robbins says in his book um, about investing is basically, I wish I would have just put it in the S&P 500. And like, I have a couple of issues with that. But his whole overarching theme of this book, it's super long too, by the way. Um, is I just wish I would have put it in the S&P 500 or a low cost ETF and let this thing ride. And 
I would say, okay, I understand where he's coming from, but the experience that he had about all the things, the ventures that happened that maybe weren't successful made Tony Robbins who he is today. And if yeah. he would have just put all his money in the S&P, one, we never would have gotten the wisdom out of him because I think there's really good stuff, but he couldn't have impacted the world like he did. And so to me, I'm like, okay, great. I understand what you're saying about compounding. It's powerful. But how can you continue to be Tony Robbins while also investing? That's kind of the thought, right? The, the fun fact on the S&P 500, this is a total side note, sidebar, but like I just saw a study on this. If you would have just invested in the S&P 500 uh, over a certain period of time, long period of time, like 30 years or something, your actual return would have only been 4% on your money. Oh, interesting. After inflation oh. and everything like that, and then like coming back from the dips and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I don't don't take those numbers to the bank. Like I okay, I won't. Just but it was like something you're like, oh wow, that's not as much as you thought it was. Right. And I you think know. you said something there that's important to point out. One, that when you just look over the growth of the S and P in the past, I don't know, let's say thirty years, the thing that you probably don't think about is inflation yep. and fees that you're paying in order to be in that S and P fund. Now, if you're just doing it by yourself and you're just putting it in a low cost ETF. That's one thing. But if you have advisors, that's a different thing, right? And so those two things you have to factor into the overarching like rate of return for the S&P or anything like that. So that's, that's something to think about. But there is something that's powerful about compounding. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. It's so cool. But it also, it's not easy. It's easy and it's not easy. There's yeah. something psychologically about like, it's so easy. It's not easy. And one of the biggest things about, you know, this whole compounding effect is letting your money continue to grow even when it's dropping. Yep. And I would say to complement that, we call it dollar cost averaging. That's what the industry calls it. But it's like contributing and continuing to contribute when the market is down is super important for compounding. Yeah. And so... And they, they say that like, I don't think it's Warren Buffett says like, our brains... I have a really hard time just even comprehending the power of compounding. Yes, that's right. But and because it's like a, a linear, like a bell curve, it like goes straight up. And so the beginning, yeah. it's not that powerful, but at the end it is super powerful and it exponentially grows when it starts to compound. It wasn't, they say like Warren Buffett's wealth, the majority of his wealth was earned after he retired or something like that after 65 yeah yeah and i think everybody focuses on you know warren buffett as like the epitome of an investor and he would say that the biggest thing that has made him successful is just time yes. <laughs> he just did it early on and he kept doing it and well, but he would that, he would he would say like even some of the investments that he thought were great like they weren't but he just yeah. kept going yeah well i think that's the whole that's the secret sauce to compounding is like time you mm -hmm. can't get the power of compounding in five years one year like it doesn't work that way it's i mean it's like anything compounding it's over time that, that really builds up yep it really does and so you can do the numbers in your head we can show you the numbers but there's something psychologically about staying in the pocket continuing to do the things that you know you need to do all while you're still pursuing what you want to do and getting excited about that. So I think it's a compliment back to old Tony Robbins. There's a yeah. compliment of 
pursuing both. There's going to be things that you're going to be learning if you try to do your own business or start pursuing what you're passionate about. There are inherent lessons that will come to like to head and you're going to learn them a lot better than putting your money into the market. But there are two different, I would say, skills that you have to learn. And that's what we're here at Uncommon Wealth. How do you mirror the two? How do we continue to grow? So at the end of the rainbow, you're not like Tony Robbins and say, I wish I would have done this. Um, but you're excited about the path that you're on and you have, you know, this compounding effect because it's powerful yeah. and it's, it's important. It's super important. You know, and I, not to messy the muddy the waters here, but like compounding is important in money and then just in life. Cause if you're starting a business, you're chasing that path, you're going to have failures. You're going to have yep. bumps in the road and you got to yep. keep growing and if you keep building your skills upon your skills that's compounding yeah i would agree with that yeah and it's the time that you get discouraged and you don't do it is when you don't get the effects of what you've just went through so exactly. that's that's actually a really good point so good job aaron there you go thanks i had a good idea yeah. around every <laughs> once in a while you always have good ideas okay second point is yeah. let's get it going Come on, staying getting wealthy, wealthy versus, versus getting staying wealthy. Yeah, yeah, right. Or yeah, you got it. Whatever you want, like getting money, like building wealth versus like keeping your wealth. That's a totally different deal. And it's a different mindset. We've seen it countless of times here at Uncommon Wealth. Yeah. Accruing wealth, sometimes like you just keep, you keep doing it. You know, maybe it's hard to do it. Sometimes it doesn't feel like you should, but you keep doing it. And eventually it ends up amassing normally to a, a, a considerable amount of wealth. Okay. The point that I think I emphasize this, and I'm sure that we can probably put this in the show notes or something, but it's a graph on accumulating wealth versus the, the income side of wealth. And it shows like, no matter what the rate of return is, it can be completely opposite. So you can have negative 12, positive five, or whatever the market returns. You can flip that completely backwards. And at the end of the day, have a similar number at the bottom of it because you're accumulating wealth. So we all know the market's going to go up. We all know the market's going to go down. So if you continue to just kind of take the, the guesswork out of it, continue to invest, chances are you're going to have the same amount of money, no matter what the rate of return is and how the sequence of returns happen. So Let's just talk about that's accumulating wealth. Okay. But when we talk about distribution of wealth, the, the rate of return and the sequence of return matters so, so much more. Yep. That's a small part of what we're talking about, but that is still important. And so it depends on whether you're accumulating wealth or you're starting to live off the wealth that you have accumulated. The rate of return is actually super important, more so on the distribution side, the time when you're taking money out. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a little bit of an example of uh, accumulating wealth versus like staying wealthy. Um, well, another way to think about it more on the psychology side of things is like we see a lot in our practice, since we have a lot of people going what we call uncommon, mm -hmm. you know, they and once they've hit success at their uncommon, they get a lot of confidence in building wealth because they found out how valuable they are themselves. Like I can just go make more money. Yes. But when you get into retirement and you're not no longer building anything, now the wealth that you have built is very, like, it's a different shift in mindset because you, you can't just go make more money because you're done. You're done earning and building. Now you have yep. to live off of what you have. And so, like, you can't be like, oh, I just want to go buy a yacht. 
and I'll just, I'll earn more next year. Like you can't out earn that yacht. Like the yeah. market, you're, you're depending on one thing to out earn that, and that's the market, not you right. and the market and right. things like that. That's right. So that's why I think it's it's good that we're on this uncommon path because we try to encourage people to start figuring out what you're passionate about early before you retire. And if you get lucky enough to try to monetize that passion, it's going to make retirement a, a lot smoother. Here's what I mean. Like when you're first accumulating wealth in your career, you're just putting money maybe in your 401k, you're saving it monthly. Eventually, you have to go to now living off of your money. And that's a scary transaction. When somebody's yeah. been like, I've worked my whole life and I've put money in it. Now I'm not working at all. And I'm hoping that I'm going to have enough money tomorrow. It's just a scary proposition versus the people that do uncommon things and start getting paid as they are working. They're starting to work with their uncommon passion, let's call it, and they're starting to get paid for it. So yep. even when they retire, maybe they can put more time and effort into that passion, which would then maybe make more money, right? Yeah. And so they have a little bit more of a comfortability of like, hey, I'm still, I love what I do. I get to do it every day. And people keep paying me. And it feels a lot like they used to be back in the day where somebody was giving them a paycheck. So the people that are just completely stopped working and now they're living off their money, there is a bigger emphasis on like, well, how's my account doing? Is it going down? Is it going up? Yeah. There's a little bit of a scarcity mindset when that happens when you don't have anything else to focus on yeah i think that's where like you gotta they call it like this like barbelled personality kind of thing oh that's good or you gotta you gotta stay optimistic about the future mm -hmm. and all things but it is good to have a little bit of that like paranoia or be paranoid about what will prevent you from getting to the future you know like of the unknown. Yep. But like, you gotta, you gotta like stick to like, you know, the, the known should give you that confidence and stuff. Cause the last thing you want is as soon as you start getting overly scared, like your frontal lobe shuts down. Yeah. You start making irrational thoughts or irrational yep. decisions. Okay. Here's another thing too, that we've seen a lot because the advice, I shouldn't say it because we have awesome people awesome clients. Yeah, we do. At times they will sell their business and that can be a lot of money. Yeah. That can be a very successful transaction. Life-changing events. Life-changing. And in that could come with a pretty big pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, those people are looking at their money and maintaining that wealth is now a whole different mindset to continue to push the envelope, whether you're putting it in investments that could grow or have volatility, whatever, there is a different mindset of like, okay, now I need to grow or keep this wealth. So that's yeah. something that you just need to know is different. And so when people get that kind of money dropped in their bank account, that's normal to think, okay, now what? <laughs> yep. Now we need to maintain. I mean, to help yeah, help listeners. If you're not in this boat, if you're if you've been in this boat, listeners, then you can ignore this part. But like for the listeners that are like, oh, I think I'm, I got it. I, the simplest way I find to like really like be able to relate to this is take that big number, like throw out, I don't know, throw out a number, Philip. Ten million. Ten million. Look at what a ten percent swing to that money does million dollars like million up million you know, down. yeah like so i mean down 
I mean, up's like, oh, that's amazing. That's why compounding is beautiful, right? Yeah. But down, you're like, oh my gosh, I just lost what? I wasn't even making that a year. That's right. Okay. But 10% down in a $10,000 portfolio or 20 or just a even a $100,000 portfolio, 10% down, you're like, eh, that's not, I mean, I make more that, than that a month, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So like it changes your perspective completely when that big number like you there's the swings are bigger. And so like, that's mm-hmm. way more emotional yeah. than ever before. So that's why we would say that plan financial plan is so important because then you'd be able to see like, well, can I still make it if there's a 10% swing, those kind of yeah. things, we would put a lot more emphasis on the plan. Um, so, okay. So now we're going to go to like the bigger investments that you can make. And can you be wrong? Right. And still make oh, it yeah. in the day. But that's but also where, not focusing in on them too. Yeah. So I would say one of the biggest reasons why I am who I am today is not because of the successes I've had in my past, but because of the failures. Oh, and yeah. so if you think about that, would you have gone through the failures and the trials again? Chances are you'd probably honestly say, No, I don't want to do that. But you know that those trials have produced something in you that you couldn't have learned otherwise if things were always rosy and peachy. Yeah. I mean, so, so we had on our, one of our other podcasts, now I don't know when it's going to get released or if it's already been released, but we got to interview my uncle and yeah. you know, he's very successful. And we asked him a question about his failure, like, well, he would change. And it was like mm. nothing because yeah. failures give you so much. Right. And then in that po- then the same podcast, he ends up saying like, I want to answer that again, which I, I loved. I appreciated, but I honestly liked the first part of the answer. Yeah. I wouldn't change anything. Because even the failures have produced something in me that I think I value. Yeah. But, so let's talk about just investing in general. And we've talked about this at the beginning. And when you talk about compounding is Warren Buffett, like he would say, uh, many of his investments that he put his money into were not a success. Yet, we all know who Warren Buffett is, and he's fairly successful. So we would probably yeah. say like, what? How can you even say that? And the point is that there's times where you make an investment, it doesn't go well. That doesn't mean your whole plan is throw it away. It's bad. It's just like, no, that one investment went bad. Okay. Now, the other thing that I would say about this is big decisions are important. And that's why we like to make a a plan for people. Sometimes those plans change. For example, I have a buddy that potentially could be changing jobs and that job is uh, paying less than what his current job is. And so when we were, when he kind of called me and he was like talking through this, I was like, well, let me pull up your customer, your plan and let me punch in the new number of what you could be making. And we can kind of in numbers, take the emotions out of it and see if you're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. Um, What we found is he'd have to work probably one or two years more in order to have the same success as other job paying higher. But then that was a decision him and his wife could talk through. Hey, is this change that important for us to work one or two years more? And he's leaning towards yes. So kind of exciting to be able to be a part of that of like, hey, enjoy your day every day more than you did yesterday. And if that means make a change, but it's a monetarily backstep, is that going to cut, you know, change your plan? But that's a big decision, right? And I was super grateful to be a part of that. One, because I'm his friend. Two, I'm a financial advisor, which also it makes a impact on what we're dealing with. So, yeah, I love I the know. fact that like you, you will be able to like take the numbers so he can digest that and his wife can digest that, but then like really get into the nitty gritty of like the emotional, like, yeah, I got to work two years longer, but maybe I don't know. I wasn't in this conversation, but maybe 
It's like my quality of life will go up because my job stress goes way down. And so it's like for sure for two more years because my quality of life in the time span over time will be way better. It's good. It's good. Okay. So I also think like you said more, you said about this, the barbell approach. I think that's applicable to this. Yeah. So, so walk the listeners through what the barbell approach is. So being optimistic, you know, so being optimistic, but being aware of like your risks, really. Yep. Right. So I would say like have just steady things that are in your portfolio and then just make sure those are consistent. And then you can then on the other side, maybe make, you know, on 5% of your portfolio, like the, Hey, I hope this works. <laughs> yeah. If it so, goes to zero, it's okay too. But, right. So like, that's kind of like, so if you, okay, I'm a meathead. So this analogy might not work for everybody. It's but, a barbell. So you're going to talk about it, you know? Yeah. I'm going to talk about <laughs> it. The perfect, it's a perfect analogy. So for the, like the word, but anyways, if you got a bar up on a squat rack, you know, and it's empty mm-hmm. pretty much how much weight can you put on one side before that bar just flips over? Uh, right. Okay. Let's keep I, it even. Like you have yeah. to be aware. Like, so like, let's be optimistic and let's go after fun, big things, but you can't stack four, five, 45 pound plates on one side and not put mm-hmm. anything on the other side. It's going to flip lopsided. But sometimes it does take only a 25 or one forty-five on the other side of that being like a little paranoid, being a little cautious, mm-hmm. understanding the risk, you know, to help make sure the bar doesn't flip. Mm-hmm. It's good. Right. I like it. Okay, good. But I mean, I think that also the, uh, the other big portion about this wind thing though, that we got to touch base on is like everyone follows these big winners. Like, oh, these, this person did this. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't always be chasing the big winners because mm-hmm. if, most of the time, I know, like we've talked about this before, it's common, but if you're hearing about it, like most be likely, too late. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. So <laughs> but there's something to be learned from it. Not yeah. saying that, but like yeah. jumping on the bandwagon, it probably, it's probably over. It's good. All right. So in this podcast, I think the three things that we really were talking about is just the, the power of compounding, plain and yeah. simple. How do you do that? It's a system over time take the emotion out of it, continue to dollar cost average deal. The other thing is just once you, when you're accumulating a different mindset on once you have wealth, and then also the systematic rate of return is important, more important on the distribution side of things. And then the last thing is like, how, what are you chasing after? What big things are you, what is in your portfolio? What is it in your life? And then how does that affect your overall plan? Those are important to talk through. Yeah. Those are my small. <laughs> Would you recap that in any way? Any other way? No, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, compound, compound, super powerful. Out of the three, I feel like hopefully that's what you'll take away most there. Okay. Um, compounding in your life, and in your portfolio, both. Yeah. And then yeah, like the differences of building wealth versus keeping your wealth, and being diligent about your wins. Diligent. I love that word. It's my word of the year. Uh, so, okay. You've been listening to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. If you ever have any questions, uh, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at uncommonwealth.com. Let us know your thoughts, what you want to hear, yeah. if this was helpful. A lot of times, Aaron and I don't know who's listening to this. Obviously, we get statistics every twice a month, I guess, or once a month. We just like uh, talking to one another. 
Yeah, we we kind of do. We kind of geek out about this stuff. So we hopefully this is valuable to you. Um, thanks for being a listener. Thanks for being uh, on the uncommon uh, bandwagon. We appreciate you. Until next we time, do. go be uncommon. That's all for this episode. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.